Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week wish you a happy new year. Well, here we are again, back. Back once again. For the uh, Renegade Master? Yeah, with the ill behaviour. Mm. It's the Jeep Renegade Master, actually. The Jeep Renegade <laughs> Back once again for the Jeep Renegade and Master. the last time I drove a Jeep Renegade... It was actually quite a nice little oh. car in a lot of ways, but every time you locked it and locked it, it went beep. Oh, American Which song. just reminds me that that song goes beep, bop, beep, bop, beep, bop. Uh, I actually quite like that track. It, it does remind I me like that track. Of, about being rapidly transported around in a Cavalier SRI, though, unfortunately. Yeah, happy halcyon days. Halcyon heady heady Hes- days Hes- hessian days hessian, hessian <laughs> days very hard wearing days but a little itchy <laughs> yes um how was your christmas my christmas was was quiet but actually um quite nice and my new year's day was refreshingly good because i was sober i didn't really oh. i haven't really drunk much over the last um few weeks and i don't can't quite remember why there's not been a Motive. Um, so it's been is it because right. you've been driving around in in that Rolls Royce Goat that you borrowed for Christmas? I've been driving around in the Rolls Royce uh, Goat uh, Speculum. Um, yeah, and it's do you know it's gone back about three days ago, and I, I really quite miss it. I think it's a it's a fantastic it's the only Rolls Royce I can ever say that is a driver's car, and. Um, <clears throat> But there is one thing about it. There's actually two things about it I don't particularly like. But there's one thing about it that I find slightly disappointing. And that is cold starts, it's too loud. Is it? Yep. For is it? Yes, too loud. God, it's I wouldn't supposed, have expected you to say that. Well, it's A, it's called The Ghost, and B, yeah. it's a Rolls-Royce, and it's just rude, isn't it, to have an audible exhaust, and... Well, hang on, in fairness, some ghosts are quite noisy. I saw it on that documentary, Ghostbusters, a few years ago. They, they were always knocking over shit, so... <laughs> it's but, not yeah, called the, It's not called the Poltergeist, is it? Although that was <laughs> the Black Series... My gosh, instead of the Rolls Black series, why don't they call it the Poltergeist, where it's just got a really leery, gurgly valve on the exhaust? And it's just <laughs> but, really like... But when ah. you least expect it, it only, it only activates at night. Do you know, that's a bloody... That's a really strong idea that Rolls should totally buy off us. I really believe that. <laughs> Come on, Rolls Royce, buck your ideas up. So, was yeah, yours, was the one you borrowed, was it a, a Black Series? No, 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 normal, normal spec. Because for those that don't know, the Black Series is sort of their uh, a black sporty... Label. Is it called Black Badge? Black Badge, they, they call it, it, don't they? Black Series is Mercedes, isn't it? Um, yes. Oh, is it? Well, yes. I think it's yeah. called Black Badge. Okay. Yeah. 
Mm. But it's kind of like they're slightly naughtier, um, I would say urban, in inverted commas, isn't it, version of the roles? That's the way I see it. Well, I think they've done it because they've realised that in some countries, China being an obvious example, that they have a much younger audience. Mm -hmm. People who buy their cars are probably like 35 rather than 65, so they've kind of tried to go a bit youth by yeah. blacking in some of the chrome and are they do they have firmer suspension i can't remember i'll be honest i've not been paying attention well what, all i know is that when they delivered the ghost to me, I was having a chit chat with rolls royce themselves who are very cool actually i have to say with um, rolls royce himself yes actually you say that henry royce mm. used to live about 11 miles from my house did he yeah it's true <laughs> about it's true. 11 miles yeah well, it's under 15 and it's more than 10. I don't know. <laughs> you know don't quote me, Henry. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ah. And um, I, uh, I, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that car. I have to say, I thought it was, thought it was excellent. And really quite, it's the, it was the, I expected the ride to be amazing, but the handling was the thing that properly gripped me. Oh. But yeah, it was slightly louder than I wanted it to be, especially on cold start, where you think, you know, it's a car that seems to sort of should really be hushed a little bit more than that. I'd like mm. an extra set of exhaust silencers or something. They can play tunes on this stuff, so you can get precisely what you want, So which, which leads me to think that that is entirely deliberate on their part. But I wonder if it's... they When, they, uh, when Jag made their own V8 mm-hmm. in the 90s... Well, certainly when they've been using it for a while and the, the technology got to the point where, you know, you could really sort of just tweak the exhaust sound on startup, or certainly, the, you know, the characteristics of the engine and the exhaust valving, if there was any. They, I remember someone from Jag told me that they deliberately made some of those Jags do a, a proper kind of boom at startup oh, and then go yeah. quiet. And it was just there, as, as, as the guy explained it to me, it's just to remind you what you've got. And then after that, I, I, it goes I, quiet. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. I can see that being, a, just to let you know what kind of power you're dealing with, I suppose. But I just thought, that's just not what I would ever buy a Rolls for. Hmm. No, <clears> and, 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 and I compare it to my Tokyo taxi, Nissan Cedric, which is unbelievably quiet to the point where I got in it when it was already running and went to turn <laughs> the key again. Oh, that's I've done that. Yeah. Why did I do that in? And it makes a horrible noise, doesn't it? Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a vicious thing to do. Don't ever do yeah. it. Um, yeah. I once did it in, on my parents' car while my dad was stood talking to me and he nearly murdered me. Um, <laughs> it was on their Montego. Really he went, no, noise. don't turn it. You'll damage the ring gear. I think he shouted. It's very, very Alan Partridge. But, um, I'll tell you what I found. The last of the sort of modern Rolls Royces that I drove quite a while ago now was the um, Wraith Coupe. <laughs> yes. Which yes. Was, it was just very nice. But because yeah. it was so nice in so many ways, including quietness, I think the bits that weren't perfect sort of stood out more. So on the motorway, there was a bit of a sort of fluttery wind noise from the, um, the around the mirrors or the screen pillars. And you sort of, because everything else is really, really quiet, you just end up focusing on it. it, it, it and it becomes it. annoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, you I just want to put of, some BF Goodrich um, all-terrains on it. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely a coming trend, isn't it? Because last week they announced that um, Singer um, 
uh, sort of safari style 9-11 but in oh, true singer yeah. style they've absolutely gone to town in league with uh, that guy Richard Tuttle who makes um, safari 9-11s in the UK yeah. and and it's quite a magnificent looking thing <laughs> it's the, a hell of a the thing. guy who commissioned it oh, actually ordered two and then said look if you want to sell any to anyone else I'm happy with that which I thought was you know so hang on he's paid for the R&D pretty much well I, I guess so because I think they were saying it was was it 1.7 million or something is it that much yeah, I think that was Shagpile carpet. Wow. I mean, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, I you know, it's like weren't those ridiculous replica Bond gadgets? Oh um, yeah, the DB fives over three million quid. I think they were. I mean, they, they were more insanely than two. expensive. And you know, a lot of these recreations, the XKSSs and the DB four Zagato and all that mm. stuff, they're all multi-million pound cars. And quite honestly. I'd rather have those 911s. At least they look like they've got quite good fun. And you could use them, and they hopefully wouldn't break because they're meant to do hardcore stuff. But I just thought they were well, really nice design, really good-looking bits of work. I've got, Interesting. I've, got, I've got two relevant things to say here whilst I'm sitting in my office, which I haven't used for some weeks, and actually the thermostat thermostat's saying seven degrees next to me, so I've got a rug around my legs like an old <laughs> coffin dodger. But, um, um, the, uh, yeah, and I can see my own Would breath, you like a tea? I, I, first things first, uh, uh, in, in that same vein as what Singer have done with the... Um, I can't remember. It's it's three initials. Is it like CLA or something? Or uh, yeah, but probably not that. I can't remember either. That's I can't remember. It's bad, isn't it? It's a bit unprofessional. Like, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, <laughs> like no, 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 Rich. We'll, uh, Brilliant. You know, Thank we'll you. Pretend that we actually know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, that, and, and I think um, ACS. It's the ACS, ACS, Johnny. As you well knew, of course, you were just pretending. I bought. I think I bought my carpets from ACS a couple of years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the. <laughs> <laughs> They've always got a sale on. Oh, always. I just can't work out if I'm getting a good deal, but I commit anyway. <laughs> um, but the I I think the great thing about the the the, the sort of rally Porsche is, is it's the same ish, the same kind of body, higher up, more suspension trouble, and I think that mantra should be applied to saloon cars um, with a view to trying to kill the SUV. So take for example the roles that we've just been talking about. I looked at the Ghost and I thought, hang on. The Cullinan is, is now the best-selling Rolls, but the, the Ghost, the previous Ghost, was the best-selling Rolls ever for for mm. years. Why didn't they just? Why didn't they just make that a high-rise Ghost? And so it's a, it's an option, a bit like the Aerial Nomad. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of an atom with long travel suspension and yeah. different tyres and wheel combination. Just do it with a saloon car and kill the SUV. Brilliant. Cheaper. I have a feeling it might be um, on its way. Um, because I really hope so. You know, everybody seems to have gone a bit nuts over Safari 911s. I'm getting a bit bored of this now. I saw a someone had Safariized a, a 1977 911 Targa. It's for sale on um, Car and Classic at the moment. Or it was last week, and I was just like, "Give it a rest. Come on." That's just, <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, you kind of go, "Well, it's a bit of fun, isn't it?" That's all right. And you know, they're not. As I always say about 911s, no matter how silly the values go, most ordinary 911s are not rare cars. They made loads of them, and they last, so they're around. So if someone wants to monkey with one, knock yourself out. It's fine. But the Safari thing feels like it's getting a little bit out of hand, in as much as everybody's doing it, and some do it better than others. And that's why I sort of feel like this singer is like, "That's the best anyone's ever done it." So everyone should just stop now. 
and think oh, of something okay. else. Oh, okay, so they've because they've reached peak. It's like just yeah, you can't you'll never do as well as that. It's beautiful. The detailing is extraordinary. The design is is great. I just think you know you, you, you're not going to get that close. So just give it a rest. But hey, so if people want to muck with nine elevens, it's fine. Like I say, there's plenty left over. But if we could if we could order a Rolls Wraith Dakar. Yeah, well, then, exactly, and also, I mean, if you're going to be a purist about it, there's a little bit of heritage there because people did um, do rallies in shads back in the day, didn't they? They did, they did. And, so and, why not do a sort of replica of a of a rally shad with a with a ghost? Hmm. And this goes back to a a little conversation I had with Simon from Aerial Cars, Dan in Somerset, and um, I remember when the Nomad first came out, I think. We had a little chit chat, and I said, "Look, Simon, I I love the the idea of this, but wouldn't it be nice to just have like a removable body shell? You know, like a bit like a radio control car, where you take the your pins off oh, and you lift yeah. the body off, and then you've got yeah. the skeleton chassis underneath." And I said, "Could I not like commission you to put the body of something over the Nomad?" So on a day where it's wazzing with rain, and I just think, "Oh, I'll just put a little body on it. It'll be all right. A bit of rain X over the screen." Just and just be done with it, and then I said to him, well, "What I want really is, I'd like an Austin princess." But you imagine if you had a Dakar pr- princess. <laughs> Seriously, he looked. Did at he me. suddenly go? Oh, I've just remembered. I've got a meeting and walk away at this point. To, to his credit, he did go. Actually, that would be really funny. And I said, "Well, I said, yeah. Well, why not? It'd be like, um, I don't know. It'd be the the, the Priscilla." Queen of the Desert or something. It would be the yeah. It would be Princess. It'd be Dakar Princess. I think that could be really cool. But no, I like the idea of of a, of, of sort of a saloon car or a I don't, you know kind of Audi all road type thing. I suppose it mm. already exists. Yeah. No, but and I think it, this is coming. So if you apart from the Safari thing, if you look at um, obviously the Nomads already out there doing exactly like you said. You know, it's basically just a jacked up atom, isn't it? Well, in concept mm. at least. But then there was that um, Lamborghini Huracan Serato, wasn't it? Which was same idea, uh, which was a concept, but, you know, they're clearly thinking about it. And then there have been some pap shots recently of um, current shape 911s being tested with uh, yes. jacked up ride height. So the smart money says that there's a Safari, a factory 992 shape safari 911 coming and i think you know that starts to open the floodgates and it all gets a bit interesting and then yeah maybe because then it does and then as we move towards more and more electrification it's in the car maker's interest to try and persuade people to buy lower bloody cars because you know smaller frontal area means greater efficiency for greater range and all that shit and all that so um and all that it uh oh now that's the generous the overly generous mancunian creeping in again isn't it <laughs> have it grabs you by the scruff have it and just gives you the keys to a house <laughs> it's, just the op- it's the total opposite of mugging it's really aggressive giving he just picks a tramp up by his old coat and goes, you have it. Actually, that's not Mancunian at all. That's Cockney. No, but you know well, what I this, mean. this reminded me, since we were sort of doing Cockney slash Essex <laughs> accents, that um, I wanted to, when I, we brought up Christmas before, I was going to, um, I was going to bring up one of my favourite things I got for Christmas, which is a book called Secret Foods. Uh, oh, I saw you sent me Steve a photo. Saxty. I did send you a picture, didn't I? Because it's did. absolute fold filth. So secret forward. It is. It's hyper nerdy, but it is the best made, best written hyper nerdy car book I've read in a long time, possibly ever. 
Is it's it a new brilliant. book? Just new? Yeah, yeah, it's fairly new. I think I, I yeah, I think it only came out well, a matter of weeks ago maybe, I think. I only spotted it just before Christmas when my wife was going, seriously, what do you want for Christmas? Because, you know, I'm a middle-aged man and so I'm in inverted commas hard to buy for and <laughs> as partly because you know you become a middle-aged man and if everything's working out okay then generally if you want something you just go and buy it for yourself when you want it well, because... this is this is the thing you do tend to do that i, I i've given lots of niche um uh co- links to my wife to say well just that's what I'd like. I'm looking for one of them. She's going, I'm not going to buy that. You can just buy that. <laughs> so I have to sort of say other stuff. That's like I did, there was one book. I, I basically just got books for Christmas because it's all I could think of that I actually wanted. And, and um, there was another one, which is, is less a book, more of a, a pamphlet, but it's published by the Rover 200 and 400 Owners Club. Um, so, you know, <laughs> that titan of publishing. And, uh, Hang on, Rupert Murdoch's the, uh, just on the other line. He's yeah, going, threatened. what? They're doing what? Oh, my God. Yeah, they've, bought the, what? they've bought the whole D.H. Lawrence back catalogue. Oh, my God. Um, they uh, put out a book, which is the inside story of the R3 shape Rover 200, the third generation car. And uh, it's just it's a load of stories written by people who actually worked on it. Is this the um, long bonneted thing that pictures? Oh no, that was separate. Oh gosh, it's so that nerdy. Was a picture someone put on Twitter of two freakishly mutated Rover two hundreds with, with weirdly long bonnets, which were, were test yeah. mules for um, when they wanted to put long ways. Rover were thinking of putting long ways engines into their next generation of medium sized cars, but still front wheel drive, sort of like an Audi configuration. The reason being that then they could share engines more easily with BMW because all BMW engines at that point sat long ways. You're being just, called. Just one second. Yeah, I've got my one of my kids. Share. Hello. I'm. I'm. Yeah, but I'm on. I'm on a podcast, darling. Yeah. Well, never mind. What's done is done. <laughs> Was that Love a sorry? Yeah, sorry, a bit late. Did you get, did you get a sorry? I, mean, I got, I got a sorry. Which, drought in our house. But I might, if I've got that recorded, that's possibly the first genuine sorry I've had from my daughter in eleven and a half years. <laughs> However, and all it uh, took was for you to podcast. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a good job she interrupted because Christ, I was being boring then. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was the, the inside <laughs> story knew. of the Rover R three pamphlet was so nerdy that I, I didn't even dare ask my wife to buy it for me I just bought it for myself (laughs) (laughs) but Secret Forwards because it's a very professionally done book and since it was my sort of main Christmas present I asked if I could have the deluxe edition which comes in a box and has an extra pamphlet with more filth in it have you got got that much of an interest in unmade Fords (laughs) I've got an interest in unmade cars I love the stuff that didn't make it and I do you know Fords are interesting and it's also this book He's the author is promising a volume two. This is volume one, which stretches from 1970 to uh, I think 1980, late 80s. I'm trying to think which car it ends with. Um, but it, so it covers um, like all the of Fiesta, the escorts and the, the Sierra. I'll give you an example of also why why it's. Sort of absolutely nerdalicious for someone like me, and then why the the deluxe edition with the supplement is just like it's just like the cherry on top in the Sierra uh, chapter. Because bear in mind, this this author Steve Sexty has been allowed access to Ford's archive, which is not 
an easy thing. He's an ex-designer for them, so he has sort of an in there. But okay, he, okay. he was allowed to go and rummage through their archive, which people aren't normally allowed to do. So he's just pulled out all these pictures. And the supplement is there for sort of extra photos he couldn't fit into the main book, but which he thought that, you know, deeply nerdy people like me would find interesting. So in the main book, there's a photo of the very first Sierra prototype on, I think it's his sort of its first journey outside the workshop at the... Um, at the Lommel Proving Ground in Belgium where Ford tested all their cars. But in the supplement, he's included like five other photos of it driving along just because it's like from different angles. And a lot of people would go, no, I think we've got the gist now, Steve. Whereas I was going, bloody brilliant. I wonder if there's any more. So it's, I mean, there's loads of stuff, loads of, of, you know, photos of clay models and fiberglass models of cars that didn't make it or designs for things that we know but that were rejected or that were earlier evolutions. There's a load of stuff about the Escort RS1700T, the rally car of the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. very early 80s that, that got ditched in favour of the RS200. Um, it's, in fact, I think the book does end at the RS200. There's a, tra- a chapter on the Aero Granada. Which oh, is good. Yeah, Mark III. Yeah, see, now you're interested. All right, now, you're hooking, you're now hooking me the, in. The, the, is a mention of the Mercure, which is the American name for it, wasn't it? They did, there, a, Mer- they did a Mercure. Yeah. yeah. Or Mercure? Mercure Scorpio. Mercure? Yeah. I don't know. Great. I mean, there's loads of, you know, because obviously, you know, I, I like a nerdy fact because I keep writing books. You write books, books about, about it. it. So this is just and, fodder um, for the next book. Yeah, isn't it? well, there's a great one in there. You know, uh, throughout the 70s, Ford's, all Ford new car projects in Europe were codenamed with women's names for, for reasons that are never quite entirely clear. But I think it started, they just named them after women in the like the secretarial pool. They just waved them off female so, conquests. Off of yeah, well, it's, it's all, I mean, no. in retrospect, it's a bit, it is a bit like, ooh. But, you know, so there was Brenda and, and the Sierra was called Tony with an I and... Um, well, I'd quite like to do it was Tony with a Y as well. It was just named after a bloke. <laughs> it's just Tony and Tony, um, wasn't it? <laughs> Tony. And um, so, <laughs> so uh, they suddenly switched in the in early 80s. I love that. Yeah, it's amazing. It was the Mark II Escort thing. Anyway, the, um, they suddenly went, um, presumably they sort of went, this is a bit weird. Let's, let's use some um, names from Greek mythology. And yeah, of course. So, it's the logical progression. It's completely logical, it? and then yeah. so the, the the new Granada project started sort of at the end of the seventies, beginning of the eighties, was codenamed Scorpio, and then they had a rethink. They went, should we be grown ups and use like alphanumeric codes like every other car company mostly does? So they switched, but Scorpio, the original code name, became the name of the car in production, apart from in the UK. Scorpios is the name of the strangest nightclub I've ever been to. <laughs> ever. And I, and I mean ever. Of course De- it is. Definitely not the best, but the strangest. It wins an award for that. And it was in a place called Creef in Scotland. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, went, I went there, there probably 20 years ago, and we were on a bit of a lads, lads, lads long weekend. And I went with the... Well, a couple of our mutual friends who were in uh, car mags at the time, and um, in fact, I can date how old this was because the hang on the Mini Cooper had just come out. Was one of the people you were with Scottish? Yes. Okay, I know who that is. That's how we ended up in there because it was recommended to us. And do you know what the main draw was, according to him? No one else. 
oh well when 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 the lights go on at the end and and it's closing time they give everyone a ham sandwich wrapped in cellophane and you're like <laughs> what <laughs> i said i said hang on i beg your pardon just rewind this is a nightclub and you get given a ham sandwich on the way out. So, yeah, but it just keeps people from being leery and keep, keep, keeps everyone calm. It's like, oh, oh. I just don't understand. They just give no, that's drunk quite people a good free idea, food. isn't it? Yeah. Just go. And of course, because it was Scotland, it was white, cheap bread. But anyway, yeah. Well, I just yeah, don't. But even so, it's a. It's a ham roll. Is a ham roll when you uh, a, a few ham roll beers, when you're banjaxed, I guess. I mean, I don't eat meat, but it was fine for everybody else. It's okay. I'm going to guess this was Scotland quite a few years ago. There was no vegetarian option. No, I don't. Th- I think it was just cheese. But in that, when you you, know, you don't get options when you've been kicked out of a nightclub, it's it's the get out, <laughs> just get out. You're not allowed to sleep in the toilets. Please don't do what you're doing in the doorway. Get out. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's so, and it was called Scorpios, and I remember we we were already a little bit wasted before we went in, but I remember just thinking it was hilarious. On the dance floor, I looked up, and I saw two things. I saw a DJ booth with um, two record decks on it, um, with a curtain covering it, covered in dust, so it hadn't been used in years, and and then uh, there was a bloke with a CD player just across the way (laughs) who didn't, who was trying to hide, I think. But then on the wall above the dance floor was an 80s Athena poster with Ferrari F40 and a load of dry ice. You remember those posters? Yes. So it was the Ferrari F40 in in, in profile picture, front shot, rear shot, side shot, and it had dry ice all around the lower kind of 12 inches of the car. Yeah. That that was on the dance floor of a club. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure it was a club and not not a teenager's bedroom from the 80s? Well, that's what it felt like. And then I went, we went into, there was a, there was a sign for the chill out room, and we went, we went down there, and it, <laughs> it was a room with a load of primary school chairs lined up along one, <laughs> one end, and just, and just nothing else. So, in other words, it's a room if you're feeling a bit sick and you want to escape the lads, just go in there. It was very weird. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I, there you go. Now, <clears throat> I was going to. Uh, well, since we were talking about <laughs> forwards, sort of, I won't go back to that book because I've, I've said it. it's really good. If you're going back to that in, book, in, actually, in secret cars. It's not cheap, the book, but it's really good. It's really well written. It's uh, like a lot of those nerdy books; they fall down because they're not really that well written, or they sort of don't give you enough detail where you like it. This is perfect. It's loads of information. Plus, it's got it's got even got a sort of slight sense of humour to it, which is always nice. And, there must so, yeah. be a lot of references to RSs in there. RS oh, Fords, absolutely loads. So how, what, how do they spell sport when the word sport is mentioned inside that? <laughs> that's what the um, that's what the supplement is for with the deluxe edition. It's just where the word sport keeps on going. Um, <laughs> well, it's just it's a three page sport. Is that what it yes. is? Sport. But listen, look, guys, listen, look, guys, sport, sport, sport. I've. I've got to read out. I, I wasn't going to do any sort of readers' emails this week, although we have had quite a few over the holiday period. Thank you for everyone's email. We will go back through them. But this one just came in the other day, and, I, and I've got to read it out now before I forget or it gets lost or something, uh, because it refs back to something you mentioned in an earlier podcast about the Network Q uh, VHS cabinet of pornography. <laughs> yes. And so... Uh, a listener uh, called Ben Draycott Jones has emailed in from Singapore, where he now lives. Um, 
and uh, <laughs> he says, Hello again from Singapore and Happy New Year. Your recent hilarious discussion about the Network Q porn archive took me instantly back more than 20 years to an incident I'd completely forgotten about. This is the Ford Dunton Research and Engineering Centre, circa 1996. <laughs> and I had I, literally I just know. finished university and got a contract gig in a department that basically did procurement and parts timing. I think smoking in the office had recently been banned, but there are a lot of waiting for retirement people in this department who you can imagine would have a fag on the go at their desk pretty much all day. One of the aforementioned guys, Frank, came into our cubicle one day when myself and a couple of other young'uns were having lunch. I even remember his words. All right, lads, does anyone want any pornography as our drawer is full to bursting? <laughs> Slightly confused but intrigued, we went over to Frank's cubicle, which had the usual one metre wide by 1.5 metre triple drawer unit generally reserved for filling with files. However, instead of documents pertaining to the release of parts of the first-gen Ford Focus, this drawer was virtually buckling under its own weight of grot mags. If I recall, there was approximately four piles of nearly half a metre of pure scud, <laughs> ranging from the usual Fiesta, Escort and Knave through to the more specialist, fat and over 50, Razzle, and then, in inverted commas, the German pile. <laughs> These guys, along with many others, regularly tra travelled back and forwards to the sister R&D plant in Cologne, Germany, and were in some competition to see who could bring back oh, the most no. depraved porn for the Ford Motor Company library. The standard practice, now it gets better, the standard practice was to bring it back from Germany and then stick it in the internal mail to Frank as a surprise. <laughs> I've just the got this though, image of a Famoco absolute filth archive. I know, it's extraordinary, isn't it? On company premises. Uh, well, so, so Ben goes on to say, the best bit, though, was the drawer above it was a shared filing drawer, and the top drawer was where all the department's tea-making facilities were kept. So no. at any point of the day, there was usually someone in this cubicle boiling the kettle, which was perched on top of the unit, blissfully unaware that mere inches from their feet was an unlocked drawer with one of the <laughs> biggest stashes of grumble mags ever hoarded by mankind. <laughs> oh, happy 2021. That's cheerful. So, so Ben... Much. Thank uh, you for that. He, he finishes by saying, yes, of course we helped ourselves. The internet was still in its infancy. Uh, stay safe regards, Ben. So uh, thank you, Ben. That's fabulous. That's absolutely brilliant, uh, a bizarre, slightly troubling story uh, of, um, of pre, the fact that... Um, Pre-internet stashes of, of adult yeah, material. Ford could yeah. easily rival Vauxhall for an in-house stash of uh, grot, which well, is do you know what? Maybe, maybe this should be resurrected, um, but I think the only people that could proper, properly take it to the level that would be needed would be the Australians. So it should really be the Bathurst sort of like filth-slinging competition. So you have the Ford clan on one hill and the Holden clan on the other, and it is just like finding and throwing the worst adult material at one another. And there's got to be some sort of invigilator in the middle. This <laughs> is brilliant. Absolutely. Hey, actually, brilliant. sad times. I just discovered the other day that um, Holden officially ceased to exist on the 31st of December. What was it? Was it really? So 2021 mm. is the first year without Holden? Yeah, this is it now. They, they, you know, they announced they were sort of essentially shutting up shop. Yeah, yeah. But, but the official date of Holden ceasing to be and thing was was um, yeah, New Year's end of end of last oh, year. Oh, that's 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 annoying. That means I'm so never, yeah. Pour one out for. I'm for, never um, going Holden. to have. I'm never going to have gone to Australia when Holden's were in production. That's sad. Oh, I've never yeah, been there. That's, 
it's like it's like finding out that animals died out, isn't it? You go, oh god, oh, I mean, what's the point of going to Madagascar now if there's no there's more no lemurs? Yeah, there are still lemurs. Thank there God. are I mean, still lemurs. It's a, uh, also a panther lemur, which is an amazing car that isn't amazing at all. <laughs> no, no, it's really, it's really I'd, not. No, it's just not, is it? Unfortunately, is it? Hang on, is the panther lemur the one that was based on the Triumph Dolomite, or is that another? Uh, one? No, that was the um, the Rio. Oh, the Rio. Gosh, you really got a better memory. The which panther. was also, I was going to nick a joke from. I think it was Car Magazine. Once did, once did a road test of the Kia Rio when that first came out. Yes. And the headline was, her name is Rio and she's crap. Her name is Rio and she's crap. Fundamentally disappointing. <laughs> oh, it's got a fantastic and then ring to it. within mere few years, they will be an enormous world-beating part oh, yeah. of the high and die. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, did you see yeah. this again last week that Kia have um, have got a new logo? They made a bit of a fuss about it, and it, uh, no, it's, I missed it's that. not very clear. Yeah, it it looks to me like it sort of says Vivi or something. It's like it's a. I quite like the. Oh, hang on, is it slightly? Is it slightly italic? Oh, it's mega italic. It's okay. Like, I did, but see sort it. of. It's very stylized. Like, I saw I mean, it on Twitter, weirdly. I saw it on Twitter for the first time this morning, but I didn't know that's what it said. No. <laughs> so, in other thing, words, I it? don't know if it's done its job. Particularly when it's shrunk mm. down, it definitely looks like it's sort of it's supposed to say something else. It's, it's not, it doesn't leap out at you. And then they've got a new slogan as well, which is what was movement that inspires. It was Pat the power to surprise, wasn't it? Is that right? The, yeah, yeah. Um, Which, in I've, fairness, I've, you know, I've, lots of things have the power to surprise. I mean, yes, I've I've got it now. I've just brought it up. It, I thought it said via or via. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I don't oh, think it's brilliant, but I, I just movement that inspires. Oh, and I think they've got rid that. of the. Um, it I mean, it looks like it doesn't have a, you know, the old one sort of had an ellipse around it, so it it's it uh, or an oval or something. So it, mm. it, it sort of sat well on a badge. But this, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to put it on a black badge. Is the badge going to be the same shape or is it going to be round? Or I don't know. Anyway, but also, yeah, the new slogan, movement that inspires, is a bit bollocksy, isn't it? Because I can't mm, hear the word that's... movement without thinking about poo. So I, I, sort yeah. of, so I get stuck <clears throat> It's a bit like so... that term, brownie in motion, which is... Um, <laughs> you, you've heard of that, uh, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I, I remember I wrote a, an Aston Martin feature years ago and I called it David Brownie in Motion and nobody liked it. I thought it was a great title, but no, nobody else seemed to appreciate it. But there you go. It, it turned out that I was, I, was, I was sort of mentioning how much of the interior of the Aston was fundamentally disappointing, but just kind of, you know, switch gear off, off that car and that sort of um, thing. So, I know, oh, talking of Aston, that was actually something I was going to say to you uh-huh. <clears throat> um, post-Christmas. And I think I think you, you might share my view. And th- I th- I'm going to put my hand up now and say I think this could be an unpopular opinion. But Christmas especially is a time when this sort of stuff bubbles to the top. Lego Technic. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Um, licensed cars. I... I was actually sent one this Christmas, and I'm I'm actually really thankful for that. Um, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to um, uh, a, a, a local child. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a local lo- lo- child, yeah, locally you sourced. One of your children, or no, less no, local than that? No, I'm, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm going to give it to someone who's probably in, in more need and would probably appreciate it more. But it's an amazingly detailed kit. But it, and it's an Aston Martin DB5. Lego. Oh, I saw this. So so we're Lego sending these out to people. Look, I'm going to be honest. I I can't hide it. This was sent to me by Aston Martin as a Christmas present. Ah, Okay. okay. And it was lovely. It came with a really right. Now this this suddenly explains why I've seen a couple of car journalists on social media going, "Go! I think I'm going to build this DB5 I got for Christmas." And And, oh right, okay, got. And I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look. I'm. I've, it's lovely to have got it because I know these these things aren't aren't, aren't cheap, um, and I know there's a lot of our peers that are really into Lego, but I have to I have to say two things: a, Lego Technic models of real cars never look like the real car. Do you know what they look like? They all look like Cat D. <laughs> all they all look like badly damaged versions of the car you're trying to create. In other words, it's yeah. already it's already been smashed up, but you kind of knew it was. A nine eleven sort of. No, I think it's even worse than that. I think they they all look like those pictures that sometimes crop up on Twitter, where like some bloke in Belarus has tried to make a Bugatti Chiron, but he hasn't got a Chiron, so he's based it on a Hillman Imp or something. Oh, and those it's sort of close, but not quite. In fact, not even fucking close. And it's is it it's David that. Brown's speedback? Um, <coughs> oh, like, yeah. Well, I mean, but that was sort of... I don't know what was going on there. But okay. the... Uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. So like Belarus said, panel beater. They never look They never look right, do they? And it's sort of... it's I, Yeah. It's, it's disappointing. Troubling. The problem was even the defenders, which you think, if you can't accurately mimic a very slabby square car with Lego, what, what, then what, you've what, no what hope you for anything. That said, I got... My boy, or we got given, I can't remember for his birthday, not by a car maker, just by a person, uh, a little Lego, like proper Lego, not te- uh, Technics, uh, a little 911 Turbo, like a 930 shape. Yeah. And again, it still suffers the same problem. It doesn't really look exactly like, but there's something quite pleasing about it, the way they've tried. But oh, once you get to the Technics level, and it's so complicated and so big and so expensive, you sort of go... <sighs> it's not really looks. It doesn't. It doesn't. Does it? Doesn't well, look. look like the, mm. And I know this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but that's the that's the main problem I have. Is 
it's costing a lot of money here and when it's finished and I know the joy is in the building for a lot of people and it probably is mm. for me ultimately when it sits on your desk or on your sh- kid's shelf it still doesn't fucking look like the thing it's supposed to look like and I think it should so the amount of money that it's cost I, I'm always arguing the counter argument of just buy a Tamiya RC kit mm. and, I, and there's two reasons for that one when it's built it looks like the thing it's supposed to two yeah when it is built, you can actually drive it. You can choose to park it on a shelf, or you can drive it, and when you crash it, you can rebuild it because you've worked out how to build it, and it comes apart like a real car. So I actually think for similar money, and Tamiya are not paying me to say this, just buy a, just buy a Tamiya RC kit. Anyway, Lego are wealthy enough these days. They've done all these horrible, horrible CGI films and Silly <laughs> Don't you Marvel like the films? Com- I can't stand the whole collaboration with like Marvel comics and stuff. Like Lego Batman, that, nobody wants a Lego Batman. Don't talk bollocks. Why do I it's want really Lego funny, and Batman film. to be in bed together? It's a stupid idea. They, I think I'd rather Lego in my all. bed than on the floor because then you'd get out of the bed and it hurts. But um, and why okay. do I want a Lego computer game? Why do I want a video game of a Lego person? It's a shit idea. <laughs> It's a really, really <laughs> shit collaboration. I didn't realise you felt that strongly. No, it's, it. I, just, I just find it highly irritating. Lego is great. Really great educational tool. And I said this to my son the other day. Is, is His uncle, my brother, w- w- like was so into Lego Technic when we were growing up. And I swear mm. that was one of the catalysts for him to become a, an engineer. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, but, yeah. But this is where the where, when when it tries to create the realism, that's where Lego Technic trips up. It's the combination of that and the fact that they're too greedy and they charge too much for it now. Whereas Tamiya, the prices have kind of stayed the same since the, since the eighties. Yeah, they really have. If you look at the prices, really. I mean, they're not cheap though, are they? Because I I looked at them like just getting a grasshopper or something. Yeah, what one hundred and thirty quid with the radio gear. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. It was just the kind of money where I bought it buying it for a six-year-old, which is, my, you know, my lad's six, and I got him a remote control car for Christmas as, as a little uh, thing, you know, something he wanted, but, I, you know, made the mistake of getting, like, a 20-quid <laughs> jobby, and, of course, it's already broken. Of and course, I just and, think, he can't, and he can't buy bits it. for it. You should have bought him a grasshopper, and when he does leather yeah. it into a curb, you can buy the wishbones for six quid plus fat. Mm. Yeah. Hey ho, you live hey on the next. But you know what? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. I know I'm going to come under fire for my unpopular opinion. But I just got had to, had to, had to vent it, Rich. No, I do, I do agree with you up to a point. I mean, I'm not having a word said against Lego Batman the movie because it's funny. But the, uh, the, the thing about Technics cars trying to look like stuff. Yeah, I know. It's hmm. so you go in category, uh, category. What's the worst damage that a car? Uh, well, they've changed it all now, case. haven't they? So cats. Yeah. You don't get Cat Dealy anymore. It's Cat S, isn't it? And Cat F for fucked. I can't remember. It's F. It's F for fucked. S for smashed. Forget this. Smashed and fact. Yeah. (laughs) Category (laughs) smashed. (laughs) It's had a smash, but it's not terrible. It's just a bit of a smash. Oh, okay. Cat F. Oh, yeah. It's completely fact. I'm sorry. Fact, mate. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I. Funny enough, because I was going to say the thing about Lego of any type is that uh, no matter how old you are, there is something deeply satisfying about it. Putting a kit together. I have to stop now because it's like my my boy's of an age where you know he can put together a Lego kit, and I have to sort of stop myself doing it all because 
it's just satisfying. Oh, because the need is great. Yeah. I tell you what else I discovered over the Christmas period. I'd forgotten the simple pleasures of a jigsaw. I love a jigsaw. Um, I haven't done a jigsaw for years, and our kids got given one. First lockdown, we did a fair amount of them, and um, did you? Yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes you get you get a jigsaw as a gift, or you well, actually, your kids do, and it isn't the first toy that gets played with, is it? Let's let's not lie. No, no, no. So then you rediscover it, and I quite like it when the kids rediscover toys because they don't realise how lucky they are sometimes. And you go, let's just delve back into the drawer and see what's around. You go, oh my gosh, there's a a massive jigsaw of a lion's head that we've never opened. <laughs> yes, there is. Let's have a look at that. And we did. Um, and I found it. I definitely had a moment of the kids had been gone for half an hour and I was still chugging away at trying to find a bit of lion's mane. And yeah. my, my wife walked in and went, you do know the kids are no longer playing with it. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, I was in the zone. Yeah. We had the same the thing because um, <laughs> our kids completely lost interest and wandered off. And I realised it was just my was wife just and me. Yeah, no, and my wife. Oh, so she, pair she, she, she was. And we, in, were, we were getting a bit competitive as well, trying to trying to finish it off, <laughs> and then had to stop ourselves and go, no, no, leave it. Wait till the kids come back. We'll do it tomorrow. It. We'll get them reinterested. And in the end, I uh, I came downstairs and it was on the kitchen table and it had been finished. And it turned out my wife had finished it on her own because she couldn't bear it. So um, there's a lot to like be said for those sort of those small therapeutic actions. In fact, I'm sitting here looking across um at my little book rack and it there's a there's a there's a die hard coloring book on there which i started last christmas and i still haven't finished it and it's really i'm fun. sorry what a die hard coloring book yeah my my wife got me a die hard <laughs> coloring book for christmas it's actually really good wow yeah yeah my favorite i think the centerfold is now i have a machine gun ho 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 the dead man in the um, in the lift i started coloring him in haven't finished him yet happy christmas yeah. I tell you what else is it was very satisfying was that thing you sent me uh, over the Christmas period that linked to that incredible model railway on YouTube. Oh man. And and I just sat and watched that I mean it was just they just sort of tracked around a train going around the whole thing, didn't they? Someone just they filmed it on their phone, I think. But it was yeah. and it was like ten minutes long and I just sat there and watched the whole thing. It was delightful. I've I've always well, I said to you in the in the in the WhatsApp message back, I've always had a fascination for minutiae in general but my and I've noticed we notice this my son he's definitely got that in him as well he loves m- miniature stuff and the detail mm. and I've always loved model railways because it's not so much the playing with the railway I think it's the it's just the the level of realism that someone's gone to to create the little ecosystem mm. I love the little ecosystem and the ones that the the, the videos that I forwarded you of the narrowest gauge railway you can get, which I think is N-gauge, mm. or certainly mainstream. I think you can get, like, watchmaker's gauge, which is sort of you need specialist eyewear to see the train and stuff. But, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, but that's really bonkers. But, um, yeah, N-gauge. And, and, and there's ones where it's, like, two-foot square railway layout that fits on a tabletop but it's like a mountain scene from Switzerland, and it's idyllic. I think that's mm. what it is. You're creating your own perfect landscape, and it's and it's it's just instant escapism, isn't it? You just stare at it long enough, and you just yeah. you can feel yourself disappearing in. I, I do find it quite therapeutic, and I've said I've threatened my wife and said, I am going to build something that good at some point. 
in the before I die, but probably a long time before I die, pre-retirement, whatever retirement is for our. Well, oh, oh, don't get me started. Don't yeah, worry about retirement. I think it's there's there's possibly a sort of element as well of in, a, in an increasingly strange and sometimes frightening world that sort of looking at these little microcosms they're perfect worlds like you say but they're also you know sort of like everything's under control it's all nice Mm. and it's safe and you know nothing's going to suddenly go madly out of control i mean a train might come derailed but that's easily fixed yeah but there's no death is there no no it's all just that's why model villages why i absolutely love model villages i'm going to take you to model i was going to ask if you like model villages because i sort of assumed you would i like model villages as well they're good i was a friend of mine in the u.s is a member of a model train club where they actually have a sort of big like warehousey sort of place where they oh. have this huge track and people come down it's a whole thing and you know you get to be the controller you know the signalman kind of thing in the in the box where you do all the points and stuff like that it was a big job you know great honor to do that but he wow. said that what's interesting about it as well is that it has they have a surprisingly broad range of members but it sort of seems to attract people who are possibly outsiders in regular society and this is like their sort of safe space it's like a sanctuary yeah i can see that i can see that so they've got you know they've got all sorts of members from all sorts of backgrounds and but the common ground is they love these little trains and they just like this little sanctuary where they can go and talk about them and run them around and stuff like that um i can see that but i think now you know we're speaking from um the safety of our own homes again aren't we and mm. I think, and, I, and I'm, and I'm, I know that I, the some of the stuff I've started to look at more on Instagram are the, are the things that I became fascinated with from an early age, which is modelling, like radio control scale modelling, and um, aquariums. Again, because an, I think an, an aquarium is a its own little ecosystem because it has to be; it's a living thing. Hmm. But but uh, but also some of the levels which people are going to nowadays with the technology that we've got for filtration and the kind of lighting, the LED lighting we can. Some of the underwater scenes, uh, aquascaping, it's called. It's like a, a niche. Right. It's, it's incredible. It's because it's like an underwater forest. Right. But you can have one that's not very big, but it just looks amazing. And I, I've, I've so if I put aquascaping into Instagram, um, yeah. I will see these things. Yeah, it's do you remember amazing. we were talking? Not not on the show. We were talking. I think when we were down at Goodwood last year about how Instagram's algorithm sort of, if you go to the search bit, it just gives you a sort of a load of stuff. Yeah, presents you with a sort of tiled a mosaic of things it thinks you might like. Yes, and mine started. It's usually cars and watches, and then it started popping airplanes in there, and then it started feeding me a lot of boobsy women doing yes. dancing and stuff in videos and I was like okay well you know all right I'm not you know <laughs> I, I'm not going oh for god's sake but at the same time it's like I don't well, I don't ask for this Did that's sort of gone away that. again because it started feeding me maritime disasters and I don't <laughs> understand why <laughs> it's really weird and now they seem to have receded again without me doing anything because the thing is I thought now I know what's happening here right it's it shows me a load of cars it's waiting I'll go oh there's bounce. a Renault 11 I'll tap on that and then it, the algorithm goes he liked that right knew it he likes cars find more old Renaults and things like that that's fine so they never go away same with the watches I'll go oh blimey look at that look there's a lovely old um, 1970s Omega Speedmaster I'll tap on that and so it keeps showing me things like that vintage yep. watches yeah 
Now, you know, occasionally you go, oh, there's a boobsy woman, I'll have a look at that. So you kind of think, well, now that's just going to keep showing me those. But then, no, it, it sort of stopped. And it, at some point it clearly went, he's probably bored of the women now in low-cut tops and bikinis and things. He probably wants maritime disasters. I mean, not disasters, but like, <laughs> just but like sunken boats. And, <laughs> and there's, there's some incredible videos oh, of them deliberately holds. sinking massive... Old ships. Oh, what for? Um, for for diving. Uh, for recreational reefs. Diving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but, um, it does encourage marine life to to recolonize. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, they clean up an old freighter or something, and then they just they sink it, they scuttle yeah. it, and it's it's incredible to behold, and you know, and fascinating. So any of that, I would tap on it. And you'd yeah. think the algorithm would go, well, he's definitely into the old maritime shit. Let's keep going. But no, it's just stopped. It's I I do not know what Instagram are playing at, but. It's weird. I can't I had that wait with, to see what um, it sends me next. I had that with ambitious Soviet engineering projects. <laughs> I definitely... I think I might have searched for one once to do with um, the Akrana plan. You've probably heard oh, of the yeah. plan. Yeah. My brother was describing it to me uh, a year ago or so, assuming that I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I said, what is this thing you're talking about? He went, oh, my God, Johnny... Look up a Cranoplan. It's like the most the most scary looking kind of land sea monster. I think I bought a very minimalist armchair from them once. The Cranoplan. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> lovely Swedish. I think. Was it, uh, yeah, it, the Caspian Sea monster is the, is the, the sort of ca- the Caspian the most sea famous Cranoplan, isn't it? So it's That's an extraordinary it. thing. Yeah, I always wondered about those. It's like it's all well and good, but they were, you know, from the what the, the Caspian Sea monsters from the sixties, seventies, seventies, I think seventies. Yeah. Now I guess they did have radar, but that thing's clipping along, or was supposed to. Oh, what yeah. if there's somebody in a fishing boat or something? You're completely doomed. Yeah, I'm going to see why they not they never caught on. I, I don't understand. I think I mean um, it quite clever. I think in, they they used to share the same water space with a um, with a with a, a jet ski school. And it just didn't go down well. <laughs> Windsurfing <laughs> Academy. Yeah, exactly. Duck! And it was like, oh god, the Incrediblans are everybody uh, clear. Incrediblan. <laughs> yeah, there's something. Yeah. But you know what? There's there's a there's a derelict one that's beached and. Um, and so it's sitting on the shoreline, gradually returning to Earth. That, but that's the Caspian Sea monster, isn't it? On the edge of the Black Sea. Yeah, or the Caspian a, Sea, I suppose. But there's, there's more than there is more than one Akranaplan. I think there were two oh. or three. But there's one that's still sitting half in the water. There's another one oh. that's in like a dry dock warehouse. I guess yeah. it's a hangar. And mm. um, yeah, but I love all that dereliction stuff. I've got well, ex-Soviet say, stuff as well is brilliant. I mean, have you ever have you ever dropped down the internet wormhole of of looking up the Soviet shuttle program and how those bad boys sort of ended up going derelict and being in hangars? And an urban explorer went in to look at them, but he basically had to sort of walk across the Russian steppes for two days to get there and things. It's really madness. Yeah, really good story. I love a bit of urbanex, you know me. I mean, urbex, um, oh. urbex, yeah. We've urbex. Ta- we've talked about it before. In fact, you and I should do some of it when we're allowed to like breathe near one another. Should we do? Should we do mm. some of that? In fact, no. We're going to do some urbex. Well, yeah. I, I think I've mentioned before on the show, haven't I? About what, the only bit of urbexing I've ever done was when I went to the old Longbridge factory, the Rover factory, yeah, in Birmingham. Um, I'm going to say that I'm not a good urbexer on my foot. Are you a worrier? Um. Uh, it's not so much the worrying. I'm just not very good at being covert. And, what, you talk um, too loudly? Are you a shit whisperer? 
Yeah, get a sneezing fit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. No, I, do you know what? I'm not a shit whisperer, actually, because I I, I, uh, I I pride myself on my whispering. I'm quite a good whisperer. It's <laughs> Nobody's ever, and I'm not nobody, a good climber. Nobody's ever said that they pride themselves on whispering. No one's ever said that, have they? <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I'd like. It's to just talking some... in black and white. I mean, it's not hard. Oh, gosh. anyway. Look, um, we were going to talk about something else, but I can't. There was another I, subject yeah, we were going to bring up today. Not that I tell you something else I realised over do. Christmas, and I thought I must mention this to Johnny just because I've got to get it off my chest. It's just I had this moment of realisation from seeing something online that where I suddenly went, "Oh my god, penny farthings are front wheel drive." Yeah, they are. And I just they absolutely it's like, are. I, I have nothing that I can do with this information. This is merely a statement of fact, but it felt stupid. It never really occurred to me before. That penny farthings are a front-wheel drive bicycle. They are, yeah. I don't like the idea. I've ridden a few e-bikes that are front-wheel drive, and they're a little bit disconcerting. Especially, really? Yeah, mid-corner huh. on a wet manhole cover, you're in a world of pain if you're not careful. Yeah, Jesus. Um, yeah, sound good at all. Yeah, front wheel drive electric Brompton I've ridden before. Really? I, was giving, <laughs> oh it, I was giving it a little bit of... Gas out of Why a junction. Why are they front wheel drive? What? So they separate the electric power from the pedal power? Is that? Yeah, I think, it, and it's easier to detach it. So if you wanted to put a conventional wheel back on, you can kind of that. Some a lot of the uh, retrofit okay. kits, from what I can see, are front. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't like it. I'm not sure no. I trust it entirely. Um, no. No, no, that's weird. But, uh, although you know, there have been front wheel drive motorbike uh, experimental motorbikes. Yeah, and in fact, someone was talking to me the other day. They said, "Oh, of course, they've never made a diesel motorbike." And I said, "They have actually." Yeah, they have. It was German, they? didn't. But didn't Enfield make some diesel ones? Or am oh, I, just I don't know. A shite? Oh, well, I, oh, the one I remember because my brother used to buy classic bike magazine religiously. Um, I remember one called the Munch Mammoth. And the Munch Mammoth, because <laughs> I just—it's just got such an amazing name. You look it up; it's got oh, the Munch, munch or Munch, or munch, munch. And the Munch Mammoth was a diesel German motorbike, and I think it had uh, huge um, c- capacity. Yeah, here we go. I've just—I've just looked it up. It was—it was late sixties, one point two liter four cylinder, uh, and I'm sure it was diesel. If it wasn't diesel, I've completely. Um, I've, well, I've, I've completely. Well, you just you're hallucinating. Up. Yeah, I'm I've just sure looked up. Was. There were diesel Enfields apparently, or, or people did make them. So I, that's where I've got that from. I wasn't talking total shit. Oh, good. Um, good. For once, uh, we should probably uh, wrap this up, though. Um, uh, but before we go, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, as threatened at the end of last year, Smith & Sniff now has a Patreon. So if you enjoy this podcast and you um, desperately hope that we keep doing it throughout this year, then if you're feeling generous and you want to throw in a few quid, it helps us enormously to justify doing it because we are both self-employed and we spend more time than you might imagine over this in sort of editing it and putting the music on all that well it depends how much they imagine i suppose but yeah so uh obviously you know it's still free it still pops up on your podcast provider and on youtube and all of that sort of stuff we're not demanding money from you but if you are feeling generous and you want to throw us a few quid or dollars or what have you to keep on doing this then it is very very much appreciated and there's about 200 odd people have already done that because i mentioned it a couple of times on twitter over the holidays and, and a few people dived in which is really really kind of you um so thank you for that That's, if you amazing. do uh, we, shocked, we haven't done actually. any of the tiers or anything like that. We <clears> just um, we've just said, look, you know, if you if you 
put some pennies or pounds in then you get access to our patreon page and we just whack up sort of uh various random bits of fluff uh there's, there's an outtake from a previous show up there at the moment and uh, if Aren't I can get it to put work, the prototype? we're going to put the prototype of video of Smith and Stiff up there. Uh, yeah, seen. so well, what we're hoping to do is yes, put some more sort of bits and pieces, including yeah, the very very first time that Johnny and I um, filmed ourselves in a car, which wasn't a car; it was a golf buggy. I found some of the footage from that. It's not very good, but it got lost. I will sort of. I will. The main camera's got lost, but there's some footage from my phone of us knobbing <laughs> around in a golf cart, which then gets into a bit of a scrape. And um, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna haul all that together at some point. That'll go on the Patreon. Um, if I can get the tech to work as well, the show will go up a little bit earlier for for Patreon sponsors. So you might get access to it on Sunday evening if I can figure that out. Uh, otherwise, it's business as usual. New shows every Monday morning. Um, anyway, that's enough with the begging bowl. But I do have three more things to share with you. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show. Please go to YouTube and check that out. Nigh. Two, I still have a book out. It's called uh, The Boring... It's, what is it called? It's called Boring Car Trivia Volume 2. Volume 1 yeah. is called The Medium Size Book of Boring Car Trivia. Uh, both available exclusively through Amazon as paperback or an ebook for your tedious delectation. And three, uh, if you're of a certain age, which is basically our age, and you grew up in the 80s in the UK, you might remember there were certain TV shows that were staples on the TV and seemed to be on all the time, were very exciting. One of them was Street Hawk. The weird thing about Street Hawk is, in fact, it was only made for one series and 13 episodes. Is that true? That is true. <laughs> And just to, just to put some perspective on this, because it felt like Street Hawk was on a lot, but it's like it's the <laughs> yeah. faulty towers of those 80s action shows, because yeah, 13 episodes and one series, and it was cancelled. So it was very short lived. Just to give you some perspective on that, Knight Rider ran for four series and 90 episodes. Airwolf also ran for four series and 80 episodes. The A Team did five series and 98 episodes. And The Dukes of Hazard, seven series. 147 episodes. Gosh. Gosh, so, Street, uh, Hawk, what... Street Hawk's the rare groove out of all that. I it? know, it's bizarre, isn't it? You sort of think, oh, that must have been, you know, they must have been quite long running because it was on ITV a lot. But no, 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 one series and that was your lot. Um, there'll be more of this. I remember of, there was a lot of synthesizer in the intro for Street Hawk. That's all I do. The remember. music, it's if, you, if you're bored. This is something else um, I'll do every week for Patreon people is um, do a little page of show notes with some youtube clips to things we've talked about so um <laughs> there's an extended version of the street hawk theme tune on youtube i know you can go and look this up for yourself for free but you know <laughs> if you're particularly idle um give us a quid and i'll give you a list of links to things that are unconnected and strange we will uh, try and we, we will that. try and work out the tiers of, of Patreon. We're trying to work out whether we go the clown first or the, the fears <laughs> first. We'll, we'll, we'll or just the there. are not enough. Yes, Either exactly. Way, yes. We'll, what about we'll on my that. pillow? Yeah, we haven't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Listen. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.